Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 81 of Elijah Fire. I'm your host, Jeff Tharp. Uh, hope you guys all had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. I had a friend come over and we just, we just nerded out and it was a great time. It was so much fun. Um, so everybody, just a reminder to you, I got off track. That was like a surprise sneak attack comment I made and then it totally derailed what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, I want to get right into this. We got a great episode. I'm so excited. Last time, uh, my guest was here. I was down for the count. Uh, with uh, just dealing with some ickies, icky sickness. And so I'm really stoked. My sister stepped in. She did an amazing job. Uh, So today I get the pleasure of interviewing this amazing guest. I can't wait. He's the co-founder of Contagious Love International. He's also a Christian indie rock artist, as well as a singer, poet, and uh, songwriter, poet, and painter. I can't read my own writing. How about that? Let's give it up for my guest today, Monday Martin. How you doing, Jeff? Doing great. I'm I'm so stoked that you're you're on the show. This is going to be awesome. Oh, man. Thank you guys again for having me. Absolutely. All weekend, man. I was just like, I just felt it bubbling up in my spirit. I was just like so stoked for this. So this is going to be great. Wow. I feel the presence of the Lord already. So sweet. Okay. So, dude, last time you were here, you said that you went to Bonnaroo Music Festival. Okay, so this was yeah. what May? Was it in May? Somewhere yes. around there. Yeah. How? Wait, let's look. When was my last interview? I think it was May. So May, it was May June. June. Yeah, it was the Bonnaroo. Was oh yeah, it like was a June. couple weeks ago in June. Yeah. Yep. How was it? Man, I tell you what. This people people that don't know me this this may be the first time they're hearing me. I was a minister that traveled as an itinerant speaking in churches. So the game changed and God told me, I need your voice, go into the, the rock music industry. So this door opened up and it's, it's, um, it's back to my grassroots. And what I felt there was so amazing because my band, like, I didn't know if we we're going to be able to do it because we only had two times, um, two practices before we started, but they did such a good job. And the, the thing that I loved about it the most was the power of God mm. was there so strong. like. Um, the Holy Spirit's not just moving, you know, in revival services and churches like he's going out of the box and he is reaching people and um, people were dancing to my songs, you know, drunk and high. Wow. <laughs> and it was yeah. it was great, Jeff, just to be able to go through there and minister one on one to people and get words for people and just mm-hmm. speak into their destinies. Um, the Lord loves the the lost. And it was it was a great time. Mm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. What a cool place to be. And it's like, I mean, was it something that you had known for a long time that God, like you'd always felt a pull into the music industry or into that kind of stuff? Or so, because he obviously said, hey, I want you to go do this um, and start really pursuing this. But has it always been a desire of your heart? always i would i would get kind of jealous when i when i saw brian head welch you know having like todd white um you know to his to his concerts and they Uh were they were ministering you know healing to fans satanists that look like gothic people Mm -hmm. and every time that happened i was like that's where i'm supposed to be but i just was waiting on the timing of the lord on it and um it was you know you know it's time. It, it really sounds like God's also just like knocking down doors for you so that you can 
yes go into this man yeah and i feel like it's part of bob jones word about reaching the billion youth harvest Mm -hmm. and all of us have a piece in that we just need to ask the lord what are my talents and gifts that i can use for you to reach young people so god's highlighting youth right now it's all about Mm -hmm. the youth he's going to touch the youth yep and it's just i i love seeing the creativity coming out of this season obviously yes from creatives um, yeah. my wife and I are definitely both creatives. Um, but also just the ideas that God is giving people where it's like, there's, uh-huh. it's not, it's so out of the box, you know, I just, I, I'm so excited about that. I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah, you're right, man. It's, yeah. um, it's time, it's time to reach people and, That's right. and, uh, even break molds, mm-hmm. uh, uh, off of our perceptions of, of how that can uh, how that can work because people aren't going to show up to our revival services just because we put it out there on social media. Right. There's people we're going to reach that would never come to church. And um, I love, I love that. I love how God's moving out of the box. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, to get into, you know, the notes and what we're going to be talking about today, you had a vision about he- uh, heaven and hell, or was it hell first, then heaven, or was it hell- both? You yeah. got it right. Hell first, then heaven. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. And you want me to talk about that? Uh, well, let's yeah. Let's take you back to my life. Um, I, I I told this on the last interview, so I won't I won't go into it very long. But I got saved at Cornerstone Music Festival when my punk rock friends got saved and invited me there. I got touched by the Lord in a Christian ska punk rock <laughs> mosh pit. So talk about God moving out of the box for real. Yeah. And I will not say that because of the darkness that was all around me and because of my upbringing and being raised by an alcoholic who later got free, I had such wounds. I had such pain and it was very hard for me to reconcile that God was a good father. Mm. So I went back and forth like a yo-yo string and um, I got touched by the fire of God, but, I was uh, still finding myself going back to the world, partying and and getting drunk, getting high and and living in fornication. And the Lord had to give me a dream to sort of give me an eternal perspective. Like I didn't just die for your sins so that you can do whatever you want. I want I don't want you living on the fence, Monday. You've got too much to do for me. So I want to show you, you know, how I treat sin and. I, I believe, like many other theologians, you know, that, that the only sins that God, uh, that the atonement won't cover is sins that we willfully continue, you know, to commit. That's not to say that we wake up and don't plan to sin and accidentally get mad at someone driving on the road. The blood is there to cover stuff like that, the blood of Jesus. And, you know, God wants us to know that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us. But I was willingly sinning and God wanted to show me what it looks like to be lukewarm and have him vomit me out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And so in this encounter, I went to sleep at the age of 21. I was at Middle Tennessee State University. And I want to tell you that I thought that I was dead. <laughs> it was really like, it's one of those dreams that was so real. I thought it happened. I'm sure many viewers have had oh, maybe yeah. encounters like this. Yep. But I was standing in a judgment line and, you know, 
I've heard that everyone that has an NDE or maybe some kind of vision of the future, many of them say you don't have to be told what's going on. You automatically know everything. Hmm. And so it was like uh, downloaded into me that I'm standing in a line where everyone's going to be judged and their whole book is going to come up before, you know, the Lord. And we're going to be told where we will spend eternity. And so um, I thought it would take centuries to get to the uh, judgment where there were people that were actually looking up everyone's information to see if they were written in the book of life. So I was trying to repent before I got up to the line, but I knew it was too late. Wow. And so when I got up to the line, I gave, uh, they asked for my name and I told them who I was. And um, it's a long story, but I want to condense it because we have so much to talk about. But they looked up my information of my whole life. And it was, it was funny because like God showed me that they were looking through technology like they, I know some people say books are opened, like your book is open and an angel reads it, but whoever these people were, they were looking through like what looked like computers and mm-hmm. they looked at my information. They looked at my whole life and they said, I'm sorry, sir, you did not make it. And when they said that I could see the the doorway that was going into heaven to my right. And I could see that, you know, previous people were going into there and I was like so happy to see that, but I was so scared and terrified that I wasn't going to make it. So when they told me, I'm sorry, sir, you didn't make it. I saw a doorway that I knew was leading to hell to my left. Oh man. It reminds me of the sheep on Jesus, right? It reminds me of the goats on, on Jesus's left. And I was a goat and I went through the doorway leading to hell. And I want to talk about what I saw there. I wasn't thrown into hell, but I was standing at the entrance. And I could see what appeared to be angels at the bottom of a, of a spiralic staircase. And people were in that staircase and they had no idea where they were going. And so those that had never heard the good news of Jesus, there were people in that line that never were exposed to Christianity. And yet they were being thrown into hell. And it was it was almost my turn. Uh, to be thrown and I saw the fire I saw the entrance door into hell and you you could see it looked like burning fire it looked like and I knew that if I was thrown into that lake of fire that I was never coming back and can you imagine the the terror that would strike you if you saw that Man. and I know this was a dream but I was feeling everything as if I was really there encountering it and so my spirit was having a vision. Um, to this day, I call it a vision. I don't think I died from alcohol poisoning that night and then was sent back, but it felt more like a dream and, and a vision. Was this, was this after a night of partying and yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was after a night of, um, I binge, binge drank gin and, um, yeah, not my wife, Jen. I met her later, but this was alcohol <laughs> gin, but, um, um, yeah. it's hard for me it's hard for me to relive that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told it so many times, like sometimes I cry when I tell it cause it's, but it's scary. But right it now I just feel, I feel the presence of the Lord so strong. So it's like, I feel comforted when I'm telling the story, but mm-hmm. uh, when I knew like, it, it's kind of like picture this, you're never going to go back to be able to tell your loved ones where you are mm-hmm. and, and try to think about this. You'll never spend another Christmas with your family members. You're never going to go to Starbucks and have another coffee 
like everything good in this life was about to be stripped for me. And I knew I was not going to have anything good. I was going to be in a place void of God forever. And so you can imagine I screamed out, God, please give me another chance. And I was screaming for God to please forgive me. And when I screamed, I felt these spiritual chains holding me there captive against my will break off. And I heard a voice that said, you can go. And I screamed with joy and I ran out of that place. And I can't remember if I screamed with joy. I just, I I felt such a relief. And it was then in this encounter that I was led to a big, huge rock. And I think that's prophetic. And we can talk about why. And Jeff, you can probably interpret why. And a voice spoke to me and said, I want... (laughs) Sorry, man. Oh, dude, it's all good. I'm sorry, man. A voice spoke to me, very tender and very compassionate, and said, I want you to kneel on that rock and give your life to me. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit, but I knew it was Jesus talking mm-hmm. through the Spirit to me. And so I was like, yes. And I kneeled on the rock, and I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin. I repented, and I, I said, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live for you. And then the voice in this encounter, it's, it's, it's speaking through thought. I didn't hear it, but I knew you are supposed to go back through that line. And I was like, oh, God, no, I don't want to get judged again. So that was the first thought. But I went back through the line and we did this whole thing over. They looked up my information. Long story short, they said, wait a minute, weren't you in this line before? And I was like looking at these people and I said, yeah. And I was hoping they weren't going to throw me into hell again because I don't want to go there. And they were like, we had you mixed up with an old man. (laughs) So talk about God's sense of humor. Yeah, We we know the apostle Paul, if you want to bring Paul into it, he said, put off the old man. And we know that he said, put on the new man. And so it's, it's not the old man is supposed to be dead and buried and we are supposed to live that new life in Christ. So, and interestingly, they called the old man Ebenezer, which I thought was prophetic because Ebenezer was a dirty old rotten scoundrel. And he got, he got a visitation by three spirits in the night in the fiction story. And he changed. And when he woke up from that experience, he was so thankful to be alive, and that's the exact oh. same thing that happened to me. That's also one of my favorite Christmas stories because I yeah. like get weepy at the end of it. I always cry when I watch Muppets it. Christmas Carol all the way, man. That's the best one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. dude, I mean, I can't even imagine like the dread of feeling, oh no, I'm going. I'm going to hell. It's so scary in that moment of realizing that I can't even imagine like this sounds too. I mean, if you were crying out, other people had to have been crying out, you know, saying like, please, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, but it was too late. Yeah. And I've been studying NDEs uh, a lot recently and um, the Christians near death experiences. And you have to be careful. You need to watch the ones that, um, you know, had, had viable encounters, but, um, Lori Ditto is a great example. She saw hell and many others. Ivan Tuttle, my friend went to hell. He died of a blood clot 
And he said that the, the worst pain in hell is not just the pain that's a billion times more than feeling it in your own body, but it's the pain of the agony of I had a chance to surrender for Jesus and I screwed up and I'm going to face eternal judgment. Oh, and it's the most alone place in the world. And um, I knew that I was going to go there and it was so terrifying. Well, and even the separation from God, I would imagine is agony too, because it's so much a part, even people that don't recognize how much God is a part of this world. And then that separation from that. Yeah. I think there's an old quote from C.S. Lewis and he says, I, I'm going to, I don't, I don't remember it exactly, but the, basically the idea is I'm going to go up to heaven and be like, it was you. Like he's that familiar. He's that around yeah. us that it's like to have that. I mean, he's in, you know, yeah. So I mean, his fingerprint is on everything and everything created in nature. Right. Um, and so to be completely removed from that, I can't even imagine because it's right. so familiar. It is. Yeah. And um, the, the scariest thing was, I had been on fire for God. I had been filled with the with the Holy Spirit and I had evangelized. I had gone into bars and preached to people wow. and I was still shown that because of my idolatrous life, I was cut off. And there's Man. a scripture about that in Revelation 3, 5. And it talks about how our names can be blotted out from the book of life. This is what no hyper grace teacher will tell you. Revelation 3, 5 says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. This is Jesus' words, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So there is a side of Christianity where we are given the opportunity to overcome. I would even say we're given permission to overcome. And yeah. thank God we have that permission. Let's go crazy while we're alive for Jesus. Yeah. Well, I think that honestly, dude, you're such a solid example of that. Even in just my time, you know, following you on Instagram, I've been so encouraged to to be bolder and to uh, and so I just, I mean, and everybody, you know, if you wow. want to if you want to imitate me as I imitate Christ, example Monday, that's Monday. So. Uh, Appreciate yeah. that, man. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I know that you look at it and you can't, we can't really take the credit for what God has done in our lives because he's the one that did it, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but just yielding to that. But I, I want to ask, you know, because you had given your life to the Lord, you had that mosh pin experience, wasn't it? The OC super, super, the tones? OC super tones. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait to meet them one day and tell Dude. them they, anyways. Yeah. So it was then, and then you had this dream. So there was a period of time. Yeah. What was it? Why, why couldn't, why do you think people based off of your own experience, why do you think people have that kind of similar thing where they, they have a radical encounter with the Lord. They start evangelizing, they start doing all these things. And yet they still find themselves gripped by sin. Why yeah. from your own experience? Why, why, why does that happen? Uh, the enemy is a roaring lion and he's seeking whom now he can't devour everybody. But if he finds a weak candidate, if he finds a uh, legal access into a person's life through sin, that's the way demons get in. They find legal access through unrepented sin 
And that is where they can torment the person, cause them to be depressed, cause them to be suicidal. And they know they come after the Christians the hardest because they know that Christians can still be blotted out of the book of life. I was shown in that encounter once saved, always saved is not true. It is a demon doctrine. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Um, your future sins can be forgiven, but we're talking about things that happen in everyday life. Like you accidentally get upset, a waitress spills coffee on you, you know, but forgive me, God, I shouldn't have treated her that way. Of course, he's going to forgive you. But if we willingly fornicate, if we willingly smoke weed, um, and, and continue to say, you know, and make excuses why it's okay. Um, Jesus didn't die for that. And the thing about hell that I've learned, Jeff, is people are people think God's such a bad God. How how could He send people there forever? And while it's it's not true, God is a good God. And what it, what the the thing about it is is people are not even supposed to be in hell. It it if you want to bring Jesus' words into it, He said that the uh, hell was created for the devil and his angels. So right. we're in a fallen world. And, and that's how, that's my answer to that question is we can give the devil legal access and he can come and try to take our crown. Okay. So before yeah. we progress any farther, because I know that there's people who heard everything you said and are filled with insane amounts of conviction. Sure. So I want you to walk through people who are, they, they were evangelizing. Maybe they lead worship for their church. Maybe they do all these other things, but they're also willfully, I mean, in the trenches of sin still. And it's this yeah. moonlight kind of thing that they do. Walk these people through repentance. Walk them through Come salvation. Come on. Uh, if that's you and you feel this conviction, first I want to speak as a father to you. God knows you. Mm-hmm. He knows he knows your weaknesses and he knows that the devil's taken advantage of those weaknesses. So I want you to first know that you have a God that can understand. Jesus was here in the flesh and he knows cuz he was tempted in every area. Uh, but I will tell you lovingly like Jesus did, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to go into life maimed than to go into hell with a full body. I want to say to you your house is on fire. If you've got unrepented sin in your life and you have, this is joyful. This is not condemning. You have the opportunity to turn it all around right now. And you can jump out of that burning house and you can say today, Jesus, thank you that you saved me again. And listen, this time, just keep your eyes on Jesus because this life is a vapor. It appears for a short while and then it's gone compared to eternity. You do not want to gamble your eternity. So I want to say, do not take Russian roulette with your soul. Ask God right now. Just say, Jesus, I know I'm living in unrepentant sin. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me. And some of you may be crying right now. That's okay. Give that emotion to God because he's going to come by the spirit of God and he's going to transform you and the blood of jesus christ is going to wash away all sin it's never too late amen jeff amen dude it's never too late to turn back around 
Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I just felt like we needed to do that because uh, I would, I could hear, I could hear it in the spirit, and I was like, yeah. I want them to hear the rest of the episode. We need to just like get this mm. out of the way and, mm-hmm. and rejoice. And that's that actually is a perfect segue into the topic of holiness. And I think that there's a lot of, um, I, I know from personal experience, observing different ministries, even being part of churches where they don't talk about the importance of being holy. Right. And you have uh, a view that holiness is actually intoxicating and it's actually fun. Yes. Why why is that? Explain that to the viewers. I cannot wait to share this with you. I'm so excited. I'm about to throw something. I'm getting a little Pentecostal here. No, but listen, man, you were created and destined for a a holy life and that's the devil wants to make you think that's going to be monotonous boring you have to give up all your creativity and you have to like put on a suit and go to church and all these silly traditions of men that we have holiness is intoxicating all right and um there's going to be people that you're going to reach and they're waiting for you to answer the call of god in your life and if you don't obey the lord those people are going to burn and they'll 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 wish that you came to them, and so. But the thing about holiness is, and is it okay if I read some scriptures Please. and give some biblical no. foundation? All right. Yeah, I, um, no. I you're talking to an ex druggie, okay? I tried all the drugs, and LSD was one of my favorites. I want to say to you that all of them were counterfeits. I want to also say to you that God created pleasure. And Satan creates counterfeits that steal, kill, and destroy. So marijuana steal, kills, and destroys from uh, believers or non-believers. Drugs do the same. Alcoholism does the same. But the Holy Spirit, this is what Paul said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So you've got to get this. Paul by the Holy Spirit, writes these words and compares being drunk to being filled with the Spirit. So what he's trying to say is there is such pleasure in being filled with the Spirit. It's why people are at bars on Friday nights and Saturday nights. They're seeking to be filled with something that only God can give them. And I talk a lot about this in my book, Ecstatic Christianity, which you can find on Amazon. Or in the description. Or in the description. Yeah. I want to say to you guys that I've done all the drugs and when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit's presence, it's better than any drug that I've ever tried. (laughs) And it lasts and it lasts and it lasts. And I get it every day. I'm telling you, if I, if I go one day without feeling the Holy Spirit, I press into him until I have that encounter again. Mm. So let me read some scriptures about that. If, okay. In John 14, 16, you're like, Monday, how can, how can holiness be intoxicating? Well, Jesus talked about receiving the person of the Holy Spirit. Here's what's interesting. In John 14, 16, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So that's important in and of itself. Jesus is like, he's a jealous lover. We have a jealous God. And he's like, listen, if you tell me you love me, be faithful to me. Don't commit harlotry. I want to I want you to prove your love to me by obeying me. And uh his commandments aren't grievous, they're wonderful. And I want to he says he says if you love me keep my commandments and I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he 
may abide with you forever. I read this to my friend yesterday and we got drunk in the spirit at the park. We were like, oh my gosh, when we obey Christ's words, we can get hijacked by the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. He said, if you keep my commandments, I'm going to go ask the Father and he's going to rain down the Holy Ghost on you. You see that? And I'd never seen that in scripture before. And that is intoxicating. When he comes, he helps you. He's your helper. He's your comforter. Another one is Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hebrews 12.14 says, pursue peace with everyone as well as holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And 1 Peter 1.16 says, be holy as I am holy. Now, for those that have never experienced the intoxication of the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm, I just want to say right now, let's just stop right now, lift your hands up, and if you're desperate, you're going to get baptized by the Holy Spirit during this interview. Because mm-hmm. I think I felt that in the Spirit too, Jeff. There's people like, I hear about it, I've seen it in meetings, I've seen catchers catch people, but why doesn't it happen to me? The reason why it doesn't happen to you is there's normally a lack of passion. There's normally a lack of desperation. And it first happened to me when I started screaming out in a church, interrupting a pastor who was talking about the Holy Ghost. And I started screaming at the top of my lungs. And I was saying, over here, over here, God, right now, right now. I was jealous because everyone was getting drunk in the spirit. And everyone was falling on the floor. Everyone was laughing, but not me. And I was like, God, I'm I'm one of your children too. And you can fill me too. And I thought I was going to get kicked out of the church and the ushers would throw me out. But they invited me up. They said, bring that group up here. Rodney Howard Brown prays for me and my friends. And we went down. And I've never been the same since. <laughs> it's talk, I'm talking about public drunkenness. It's you get so intoxicated with the presence of the Lord that that people literally can feel his presence when they get around you. Um, so that's a whole nother story. But mm. be holy. And that is fun. It is fun. You are going to be hijacked on God. Let the Holy Spirit come hijack your life in Jesus in Jesus name. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, too, you know, there's that it's just a big lie from Satan to say that oh if i if you if you go hard after god if you if you pursue him with everything you have you and you deny yourself right that you're gonna lose who you are as a matter of fact it's the exact opposite exactly actually find who you are even more so anything that you did in the world that was like even as a believer world like oh no i you know i really like this movie or these movies or i really like this thing because it's like definitely like part of my personality and then if the the lord asks you to surrender that and pursue him more right what you gain in exchange is far greater yeah Um, and i think that it's a lie that it the opposite that it's the opposite oh if you if you deny this then your life's going to be boring if you deny this then, you know, amen dude it's not it's just not the case he gives not- you beauty for ashes mm-hmm. you can have beauty he loves you 
he he knew your whole book before he ever created you and he's intoxicated on you <laughs> i know that because kevin zadai dr kevin zadai died and went to heaven and he said that he saw jesus on his throne and he said he saw all of heaven worshiping and adoring jesus and that glory was coming out of their mouths and hitting jesus and he said jesus got sloshed on his throne and almost fell out of his chair <laughs> And uh, he's experiencing what we're experiencing. He yeah. loves us. Mm. And uh, I thought that was so cool to hear that even our praise uh, affected Jesus so much that he couldn't even sit up. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm going to I'm gonna have to process that. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just you think about that. Um, Man. We're going to be sloshed for eternity. <laughs> and my friends and I, we're always trying to find new lingo or vernacular because Drunk in the spirit doesn't doesn't just seem to give the experience of being filled with the spirit mm. um, enough credit. Mm. And so I don't think you can find the words in, in the human language. You can say slosh. You can say uh, you feel like you're lifted up or you're high. Yeah. There's no there's no words to describe it. I, I I feel like I'm in heaven when I'm in that realm of his of his glory and in his Holy Spirit. Mm. And you can have heaven on earth. It's scriptural. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring peace, righteousness, and joy. That's it, Jeff. Peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I was like, come on, Lord, please speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's the scripture. Um, guys, that's the scripture. And God, God does not want you to look to me and my platform and other ministers. He's like, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to come to me and get peace, righteousness, and joy. Because that is the kingdom of God, according to Paul, in the yeah. Holy Spirit. So, have you um, have you had any encounters where you've seen Jesus Himself? Because obviously, you had the Rock in that. Yes. In the last. Have you had other encounters where you've seen Jesus? Yes, and um, I want to say too that um, you know Jesus, when He appears to you, you know it's Him, and that's what I always find interesting. Um, and we know in the Bible that that the angels appeared to people in dreams. Joseph, who was to be the father of Jesus, was told by Gabriel, you know, and you think about that, like God uses dreams for you to have real encounters. And so one of the dreams that I had uh, about Jesus, and I'm trying to remember the first one in our notes that we talked about. Um, well, it was, the, it was just the when you went to the rock. That was oh, the one I was referencing, but yeah. I, I wanted to hear some other ones. <laughs> back to the back to the encounter, I was kneeling on the rock of Christ. I didn't see Jesus there, but I knelt on a rock. Now, here's the thing about the scripture that says, I never knew you, that we find in Matthew. Mm -hmm. The reason he said, I never knew you to people is because they heard the words of Christ and they did not put them into practice. Mm -hmm. He said, those people I liken unto a wise man who built their house upon the rock, uh, the sand. And it was, we know it was, it crashed. But the ones that heard his words, put them into practice, he compares to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these teachings of mine and puts them into practice, I'll liken him to a wise man. So the thing about true Christianity is, is hearing the words of Christ and becoming a radical, obedient warrior. And when I went back through that line, they were like, we had you mixed up with an old man. And they told me, you made it. 
And I was going to walk into the room going into heaven. But first they put a, a gold coin in my in my hand. And I looked at the gold coin and it said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Hmm. I was like, wow. Uh, and when I remembered that that was a scripture, I was like, I'm his sheep. And yes, I've heard his voice. Even before this encounter, I learned to hear the voice of God. And I mm. prophesied to people in Tower Records where I used to work. But will I follow him? That's the big question. Will you not be a lukewarm Christian? Will you follow him? And I was able to walk into heaven. And just for a glance, I was able to see that Jesus has built mansions for every person that he loves. And I could not wait to see mine, but I woke up, I woke up immediately after that because I was only given a glimpse to see that Jesus has invested everything in us for eternity. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna rule and reign with him. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna have a throne right next to him. And Man. think about that. Dude. So I gotta share an encounter that I had on an episode of Elijah Fire two weeks yeah. ago. It's two weeks, two weeks uh, this Wednesday. So it wasn't that long ago. We had Christina Baker on and she was praying. She prayed a couple of times, but there was this moment where it was like, dude, I had to try everything I could to keep it together. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying even now because it's like, wow. it was, it was incredible. It was like, you know how sometimes you get those simple, I call them simple revelations, but they're not really simple, but like, yeah just a further revelation of God's love for you. And all of a sudden yeah. you're just like, you know, and you're like, dude, you guys, God loves me. And they're like, yeah, your friends are like, yes, he does. You're like, no, you don't get it. He loves me. And you're like, yes, yes, he yeah. loves you. You know, um, but oh. I had this, Jesus appeared to me and uh, he's never full blown to where I can see every detail of his face. Cause I call it hashtag no spoilers. Like God knows that, I, <laughs> God knows that I'm like very like, I kind of want it to be a surprise. Um, sure. So he reveals himself in, in, in like subtle ways. And so I was sitting there, Christina's praying and all of a sudden I just felt, dude, it was like thick. It was like this thick, it looked like Amber. It was like, or honey or something. It was just thick. And it just like surrounded me, his presence. And all of a sudden it was almost like this. It was like, I could even like, I know the dimensions of it just kind of, filled me i like a submerged it was about like this and like that wide and it was probably about like infinitely thick and it was just like it settled over me like this and it was almost like i could see a window into heaven and i my head is kind of down but my eyes are open and all of a sudden dude i can feel it i can feel the sensation of it jesus puts his hand on the back of my neck and then he grabs me and he pre he's wearing his crown of thorns and he's like all cut up and he grabs his forehead and he presses it against mine. Man, I just like, wow. And I just hear him say, and I can see, I can see like his, you know, his prominent nose. I can see like cuts on his face and everything. And, and, and I just hear him say, my crown is your thorn. My crown is your crown. My wounds are your wounds. And he was just saying like, it was just a reminder of what he did for us. And I was just, dude, I just, man, I just. I'm undone, bro. <laughs> dude, it was. That's a sweet like, encounter. I can feel the heat from his face. I can feel, it was just like fully pressing the crown of thorns into my forehead so that like our foreheads connected. And it was just, dude, I, 
I like I was like I told my wife afterwards and both of us just start crying. It was Man. like dude, it was so powerful and it's just like his love for us is so great. Oh. And his sacrifice was so great so that we could be in communion with him again. So if any of you are on the fence, if any of you are wondering I I want you to experience that love. I want oh, you to yeah. experience that love of Jesus that he loves you so immensely that mm. he died for us he didn't have to he chose to so that we could be in communion with him Ooh. man it, dude, it was it was nuts that's a real encounter right yeah. there you know when someone shares because you can feel the weight mm. of the encounter and i i love that jeff that's that should be a hallmark for you for mm. your life that's yeah. going to be a testimony that's going to change a lot of people man yeah like what you're hearing Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. And it was interesting because before that, the only other encounter I'd had that was that prominent, I was seeing the floor in heaven. And I shared that, you know, on, um, like oh, I actually wow. got, I'm, I'm convinced I got translated up into heaven. I got to see the, like the floor of, of one, some area in heaven. And how, right. the amount of depth and detail, there was no, no depth. Cause I'm a big detail guy. I love like detail, things sure. like, you know, models and things like that. And I, there was no, no limit to the depth of detail. Every single time I thought I saw all of it, <laughs> I saw more and I was like, this is nuts, man. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Yeah. That's what he died for right yeah. there. Intimacy. Yeah. And it was crazy too, because it wasn't like, I know like we're called the bride of Christ and, you know, sometimes for guys they have like, like bride, I, you know, <laughs> like I've talked to uh -huh. some people are like, ah, um, yeah. was, I felt what that, what bride doesn't do it justice, but that's the best we can describe. Cause I, in that moment, I felt what, what that means and it's not it's deeper than the relationship between a spouse it's deeper than your relationship with like a, bro a close brother it's so much deeper than that and i i got all of this all at once and i got to experience i was like that's what he means if and i just want other people to experience it so they get it too <laughs> i want you to know what jeff's talking about is for you and i promise you you're gonna get to heaven one day and you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see this love of Jesus and fullness. And you're going to see how the devil was after you your whole life. And what Jeff's talking about, you can have, you can have this intimacy with Christ. It's what he purchased for you with his blood. And um, this is for you. This is not just for me and Jeff. This is for you guys. And um, if you can get this, you're going to, you're going to start operating at a hundred percent capacity with your life on earth. I can promise you that if you can get this love God, with your whole being, love your neighbors yourself. I'm telling you right now, you will not regret anything in your life when you stand before him one day. You're going to be like, God, I got it. I completely got it. Thank God. Thank God. And the rewards are going to be so great. Just imagine someone like Heidi Baker getting to, getting to Jesus one day and imagine her rewards for all the things she suffered. It's just, man, that's, that's inspiring to us as Americans. We have so much more and, and unconditional love to show people this generation 
I had to repent even in my own evangelism because in my desperation, sometimes to get people saved by carrying a cross through my city, I always want to be careful that I'm not that Pharisee who's beating his chest saying, I mean, the other guy, sorry, that's the Pharisee who is saying, God, I thank you didn't make me like that LGBTQ person. God, I thank you didn't make me like that drag queen. I thank you that I tithe. You know what I mean? I'm like paraphrasing in our culture today, but the 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 guy who was justified in prayer that day was the one that beat on his chest and said, mercy on me. And that's all it is. It's the mercy of God. And I'm 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 prophesying to you guys right now that 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 religious, that Pharisee, Sadducee spirit is going to break off you. Many of you have been choking on religion and Jesus is going to wash all that away. And there is I'm telling you, America is about to see the Jesus movement we've never seen. And it's all going to be a love movement. Come on. Come on. Woo! And I'm excited. My wife's excited. And I think we've just scratched the surface of what's about to take place. Well, and what happened already has already been amazing. <laughs> so it's like, I feel the same, Woo! man, that it's just like where we're headed. People have no idea. And especially I've talked about this on the show with Roe v. Wade being overturned. And we're starting to see, I, I think what's going to happen as a result of that principality being unseated from mm. a position that was never meant to be seated in. Yeah. Even the people that are against what's happening right now, and they're, they're 100% against Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, have yeah, no yeah. idea what's about to happen. And it's That's so good. Great. That's great, man. Yeah. Would you so tell me so about this encounter you had in Venezuela and Jesus oh. sat down. You sat down next to you on a bus. That's one of my favorites. And uh, I was we. My wife and I had just gone on a mission trip there and ministered with a sweet man that had a crusade in Venezuela. And they took us to the poorest ghetto in Caracas, Venezuela. And they did not tell us that it was not run by the police, but it was run by drug lords. So they were scared that we wouldn't want to go if we if we were told. But we went into a very crime populated area controlled by the police are actually afraid to go into this this area and did a crusade at a soccer stadium. And I think I got to minister in song and um, I was so impacted because of the pastor there that we were serving. He had such a love for the least of these and had a rehab at his own church uh, on his own church property. He he has men and women that are getting off drugs and finding Jesus. And my heart was so touched. And uh, I came back home. And again, I had a dream. And immediately when I saw Jesus, I knew it was him. That's how you you just know, like when Jesus appears to you, oh, that's Jesus. And he came and sat next to me in the bus that we rode in in Caracas in the dream. And, and, I, and I, the first thing that came out of my mouth was Jesus. Thank you so much for letting me partner with you and partner with heaven um, to see what we just experienced. And he, he corrected me. <laughs> he corrected me and said, Monday, thank you for letting me partner with you guys. Oh man. It wasn't thank you, Jesus, for letting me partner with you. He wanted to correct my theology. I'm so humble. He wanted me to show, he wanted to show me his humility that day. He said, thank you for letting me come and partner with you guys in Venezuela. And that ruined me. 
<laughs> honestly that ruined me because um you know jesus talks about um that in matthew eleven twenty nine. 29 he said take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls mm. and that's our king and that's the king that you know that's the king that you call out to in this life and i think it helps to know that humble side of jesus because um i i just for some reason i feel led to share this about religiosity is it okay if i share about that because yeah. it ties every it ties everything into my book about um ecstatic christianity um jesus is the opposite of pride I know that he spoke and created galaxies and <laughs> the universe is still expanding. And you just think how powerful he is. But um, you serve a, a, a Jesus who d declared about himself, I'm humble and I'm meek. And I want to say that it it's always made me hurt and bellyache when you see preachers that have a have a Pharisee spirit. You can you can easily pick up on it. Um, and it's it's easy in a divided nation to where even your political beliefs um, can cause you to operate in pride without even knowing it. And in your patriotism and in your fight against sin, you can you can actually disenfranchise people because I'm yeah. right and they're wrong and you don't know it. But the devil is secretly trying to build an intolerance in you for sinners. And it's like, dude, think about modern day Christianity. What if a drag queen came in one of our services and broke? you know, at the service. And what if Jesus walked in and that drag queen broke because he knew he had nothing and washed Jesus's feet with his hair. And could you stomach that? Do you, do you as a believer, um, are you for that? Are you for the LGBT community repenting and coming to Jesus? And, um, it's it's kind of like this, like the justice movement. I was talking about this with my friend Sean Steckbeck yesterday. He said even people that get saved who've been helping um, fight against human trafficking, like when they find Jesus, one of the things that they realize is that they carried pride even in their fight for uh, for for injustice because they're so mad about what happens to trafficked human beings and they're. They hate what these pimps have done to them. But the challenge is, is when they come to Jesus, can you accept the fact that that pimp might, might, uh, his pride might break and he gets saved and all the terrible things he did to children and all the terrible things he did to those, those trafficked women um, that, that you have to accept that God can forgive them. And, and, and my friend Sean said he talked to a girl about this. And so there's, there's, I just want to say I wrote something about the Pharisee spirit, and I think it's going to help because I want to I want to kind of pretend like this is the last interview I'll ever do because <laughs> I want to get everything out that I feel like I need to get out. But yeah, the Pharisees, absolutely. the Pharisees thought they were holiness. Holiness is not about being prideful and being self-righteous. Um, you've got to remember, Jesus warned hell to the religious. You know, he was like, you guys are sons of the devil. And uh, he was actually mad that they heard of the coming judgment. He was like, who told you of the coming judgment? I didn't even want you guys to know about that because that's where you guys are going. Um, but he said, many, 
and this is what I this is what I heard the Lord say to me last night. I was about to go to sleep. He said, There will be many religious Christians in hell that never knew Jesus. Um, they were political. Their patriotism was an idol before loving the low and the dirty. And in their fight against sin in the U.S., they discluded the sinner. God wants to, us to show unconditional love to this generation. That is being holy. God will accept a drag queen if they find Jesus and turn to him or for repentance. And if you can't stomach that, then you should ask God for a baptism of his unconditional love mm -hmm. because you were a skunk's armpit before you got saved. <laughs> Remember the Pharisees, they got mad for letting a sinner wash Jesus' feet. And the parable of the man who beat his chest, we just went over that. Please remember this. Jesus said this, so don't get mad at me. For I say unto you that unless your righteousness exceeds the, uh, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. It is not holiness to judge people. It's not holiness to hate people and disenfranchise people. It is not holiness to covet and love money, to disfigure your face when you fast in front of your church friends, to brag about your giving to your family and friends. These were the works of the Pharisees. They sounded a trumpet when they gave uh, alms to the poor, and they did all their righteousness before men to be seen of men. And that's what's happening in the American church that God is about to shake. It is focus on self. It is a platform, it's platform ministries only focused on self. But if you love God and love people, remember, ministry is all about the people. Amen. So Amen. share the good news with them and you will do well. Amen. Amen. Let's be love warriors for this generation. Come on. Come on. I'm going to try to close this because the sun's coming in. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were white hot. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt your flow, though. But was that good, Jeff? Like, Dude. was that okay to share? Because oh, absolutely, felt... man. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, like we had Jesse Green on on Friday, and she often will say, "I know this might offend some people, but," and I'm like, honestly, it's you're coming at it from a place of love, and I think that that's the most important thing. Amen. If yeah. It's the truth, then I don't want why hold it back if it's the truth and if it's something that calls us to a higher standard yeah, of living yeah. and pursuing the Lord, I'm all for it, man. Like if, it, if it upsets my flesh, then that's something that I need to deal with wow. and take before the Lord. So yeah. And I, I, I feel, I feel like God's shifting everything and what we think is ministry today. And I really believe that, that, if we will just get one thing right, and that is love, um, it, I, I know this sounds crazy, but ministers often uh, present their ministry with all these platitudes from a pulpit of pride. And what we really need to focus on is it's about people. How do we get people to stop being returning customers? And how can we get people to get it? They got the foundation and then be, then turn their whole life to, okay, now I got it. Let's build eternal rewards. Let's be like Heidi Bakers. Let's be like Jennifer Martins and her team. Let's be love warriors. Let's be like Lou Ingalls. Let's lay everything down. And I, I find this, that love will transform you. Um, all, <laughs> all people want, hmm. all people want is love. 
that's all people want. Every single person is hurting out there in sin. And the only thing that they really, really deeply want inside is to be loved. Mm. And um, if I can offend the religious spirit, I'll sing, all you need is love. <laughs> all you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. And I know that sounds crazy about returning customers, but it, it feels like some of the Babylonian system has gotten into the church and and we we need people to keep coming. So we use guilt to keep people coming to our meetings and we use we've got to figure out how to flip the tables. And, and turn this around and let everyday believers, dark horses, like my wife calls them, learn how to pick up the sword and go fight in the love war, the love army. I don't know how else to say it. But. No, I think, I think you nailed it, man. I was yeah. going to ask you what you meant by returning customers, but you just explained it. So it's, yeah, it's like all my life in ministry, I've seen people keep they're, they're stuck. It's almost like they're stuck in a web. Like I would preach in a church two years later after being there. And I still found out that people were stuck because all they were being fed was, you know, let's just take this, for example, ministers that come into the church and all they talk about is like signs and wonders they've experienced, angels they've talked to. And there's this air about them that like, I've got these encounters, but you don't. So, you know, when I take the offering, you're going to bless me and I'm out. But what it really is, is like we need to be focusing on the people and saying, God wants to give this to you. God wants to transform you. Jesus wants to solidify you so that you don't have to become a returning customer but you'll go start your own churches and you'll be released. And I always tell people that, like, if you feel like you're in a subterfuge of control where you can't be equipped and sent out, then you need to really pray about where you're supposed to be yeah. fed from. So that's a whole different subject in and of itself. Yeah. But that's really good, though. And I think that, too, it's like it's it's a it's a twofold thing, because, yeah, obviously, from a leadership perspective, finding a way to not create like the returning customer thing like you're talking about, but also from the attendees of the church of the church body. Sure. I, cause I know this from personal experience, dude. Yeah. That, um, a lot of times we just go, we have like, we'll seek God. We have one big encounter where we eat like one giant meal and we get fed and we're like, Whoa, that was amazing. And then you go, you go off of that, you know, you go out of that experience and you go out into the wilderness again until yeah. you start to realize, oh my goodness, I haven't had a meal in, you know, however long I need Ooh. to go back and you get fed again, but then you go back out into the wilderness and then you starve again and then you come back and you have a big meal. And then it's just like this vicious cycle. And it's Ooh. because dude, honestly, it was for my, for my own experience, it was because I had too much of the world. I love too much of the world. I was like, like I was talking about earlier, where you think you have all these different things that, oh, these are these are the things that make up who I am. These are the things oh, that will sustain me. Wow. And realizing, denying those things and pursuing the Lord, it was this lie that I believed. Wow. Um, and it was interesting because I was still spirit-filled. I was still, you know, but, but it was just, there was this part of me where realizing, hold on, the lie is that um, you give up these things, you're going to lose yourself. Well, the Bible says we're going to lose ourselves. That's the yeah. whole point. But in losing ourselves, we gain, uh, we gain the truest version of ourselves. And that's only found in communion through Christ. 
Wow. That's true. You, so, like you talked about a meal. Well, Jesus is the meal. He said, I'm the bread of life. Yeah. Whoever eats me shall live forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't have it all together. You know, no, even even I'm, I'm finding out that our marriage, you know, we have a wonderful marriage. But even recently, I had to repent of some things that that were prideful. And and uh, it's just it's incredible to be vulnerable and and allow yourself to never think you've you've come, you've apprehended, but you, you're constantly on a learning curve. And, um, and, uh, yeah. So even, even as great of things as I've done for the Lord, I still come short and I'm like, Jesus have mercy. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wish I had done that differently, but Mm -hmm. you're learning and, and it's okay to make mistakes. Jesus let people fail. So don't beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. If you do make mistakes, because you're going to fail. We are in a fallen world. Um, but I can tell you, like Kevin Zadai says, I love what he says. He says, everything's rigged in your favor. And um, you you literally, if you'll follow Jesus, you can find you'll get to a place where he will never fail you. And uh, anyways, that's a whole. But I just feel that so strongly that people should know that, you know, even even ministers, even musicians that look like they have it all together. We, we battle things every day that you don't know about. And we're constantly trying to implement what it looks like to be the fruits of the spirit to our families. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and that's think, always, mm-hmm. yeah, I think also too looking at, you know, what we're talking about and, and being like the Lou Ingalls and the, the Heidi Bakers and um, Jennifer Martins and their t- her team, <laughs> you know, uh, is that's, at least in my life, I've noticed and others around me that it's a process. Don't expect yourself to look a certain way right away. But it's the question that I begin to ask myself, what is, what is the maximum that what, what's the biggest thing I can do? And it's like working out right. 20 pounds uh, two months ago is nothing compared to, Oh, now I can do 45s. Now I can do 60s problem. But at the time, 20 pounds was the maximum. And so that's more like looking at your life and going, God, what's the maximum I can go for you? How hard can I go for you? And then realizing that boom, boom, like the walls of the tents just get expanded, expanded, expanded. Your capacity Mm. increases, increases, increases as you pursue him that, you know, to, you know, 18 year old Jeff doesn't look anything like 36 year old Jeff. Amen. It's it's progress. So just same with Monday, you know? Monday 10 years ago doesn't look like Monday today. So Right. That's a good way to that's a good analogy. I love that. Man. So, all right man, can you pray for the people cuz we could go for hours, bro. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. And there was other Jesus encounters that I had but um No, we're going to save them and we're going we'll to save you back. them. Oh. Yeah. We just need to tell people like get your own. Yeah. And cuz you know, you have not because you ask not. It's that simple. And uh, so you just uh, we just we're going to pray now and get ready because you you were here by divine appointment. And this this broadcast is going to lead you to Jesus. And just remember, the spirit never drives you. He leads you. So sheep are led. And and so just be be willing to be even set free from just wearing yourself out from being driven. I've got to do things for God. I'm drive. Just 
let Jesus lead your life. And it's you're going to find ecstatic Christianity. You're going to find that your life is was meant to be ecstatic. You were meant to experience a Christianity that ex- explodes out of the textbooks. And you don't need to read old revivalist or revival books and feel like you're lacking because you are going to be a walking revival. So let's pray into that. Father, oh, <laughs> Holy Spirit, we just ask you, <laughs> whoa, whoa, we just, uh, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come into those people's rooms, cars, wherever they are, and show them how valuable they are to you. And I think that's what many of you have been missing. You don't really see that you're the pearl of great price. You don't really see that you are the treasure that's hidden in the field. And Jesus is about to come uncover you. He he gave everything so he could buy the treasure in the field. And I just want to revalidate you today. And I want to speak as a father to you today, you are valued. You are an original. You are a significant uh, blueprint that that God himself designed. And I'm going to speak to you today that your heart is about to, and it's right now actually, is an experiencing an awakening. You are being awakened because you're going to start looking through the lens of eternity and in every decision you make you're going to see yourself at the finish line <laughs> and i just want to encourage you guys with that word it's it's not even good enough we're serving the lord today it's the end of the race that matters like keith green said so i want you to run your race well and i want you to give the devil the biggest headache of his life and i i hope you get to heaven one day and you made the devil so mad because he lost so much territory and you were such an interference to his kingdom. And I want you to know that you were born to defy the statistical explanations. You were born to defy, um, you know, limitations that have been forever since you were born pitted against you. I want to speak to you today. Rise up, rise up ecstatic warriors, rise up ecstatic warriors. Answer the call of God on your life. And you are going to find yourself not being fans of other ministers, but you're going to go and some of you may even just go plant churches and some of you may go into the music industry. Some of you may go into the art. Some of you may write a song that will go around the world and even capture the attention of the secular world. Some of you might even write a worship song that will be remembered for decades to come. You are important. You are valuable. And Jesus wants you to know that. I thank you, Lord, for revealing that by the Spirit to them. In Jesus' precious name. There's such a holiness that's being imparted right now. I can see, I I can literally see in the spirit, people are just letting go. They're just, it's like they've been tight, white knuckled holding on, but they're just going to let go and put your sails up and let the Holy Spirit 
breathe into your sails and let him stir you up. And some of you are going to start speaking in tongues again uh, for hours a day. And and you're going to stir up your most holy faith by praying in the spirit. And you're going to keep yourself in the love of God. Just walking around all day. Just speaking mysteries in the earth and confusing the enemy's camp. I praise you, Lord, for it. We need you. This is the last thing I'm going to say. The body of Christ needs you. We need you. Wake up because we need you. Amen. Amen. Dude. A to the men. Mm. Monday, how can people follow you? Because you're all over all over the place, dude. Yes. And one thing we didn't discuss we did at the beginning is how to find my music. So go to the description and please watch the brand new music video until he sings. It's going to set you on fire. And it's, it's a, it's a rock song telling people, Hey, wake up. There's still time. Jesus hasn't come back yet. You can go and make a change in your world. Come on. And then you can go to mondaymartin.com, which is also in the description. And please, I want to tell people, you know, you can find me on all social media platforms, but please go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you guys, you love warriors can help me blow up today. Go to my Monday Martin YouTube channel. When you watch my music video, like subscribe, click the bell for notifications and follow me. Cause we want to pick up on the YouTube algorithm and yeah. I, need, I need your help to do that. Yeah. Comment in his, in his video too. Amen. That, you know, you know that, that helps boost in as many, many ways as possible. You also have a link tree in the description. Absolutely. Dude. Thank you, Jeff, for letting me, uh, you're a huge blessing, that. man. You're what, you know, and I just, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeff. This has yeah. been great. This was one of my favorite interviews I've it's ever been done. Awesome, man. It's been awesome. And tell your I didn't sister want to I love that interview too. What's that? Tell your sister I loved her interview with me yeah, too. She's awesome. She's awesome. Ama- you guys are amazing people. Oh, thank you, man. The Lord cherishes you both. He really does. Yeah. You hear that, Jen? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, everybody, that's our show. Just have a have an amazing Monday. Walk in victory. Walk in joy. I speak love, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Um, oh, and uh, join us on Wednesday. We're gonna have Rachel Ham back. Also, a reminder: Friday's episode with Mandy Woodhouse is gonna be at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, not 2 p.m. Eastern or Pacific time. I'm confusing people now. It's an hour later than it normally is on Friday. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Wednesday. God bless. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.